Hi, everybody. This is Dave Hodges, host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We have a special report from Paul Martin, who's my broadcast partner on Wednesdays. We'll tell you more about that a little later on in this broadcast. But we have some breaking news out of Central America that is crossing our border that you're going to want to hear. But before we join Paul, need to let you know that we have two sponsors that make this broadcast possible. The first is Storable Food. Listen, if you don't have six months, you could be in a really, really desperate situation. And through no fault of your own, I mean, no one thinks this way, but these are different times we live in. And when DHS and FEMA tell you you need six months, you probably need two years. But we're going to sell it to you in two- and four-week packages. We're going to sell it to you for 40% off. 25-year shelf life, restaurant quality. You can't do any better than this. It's the best deal in America. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. The second sponsor that brings this to you is Health Masters. And you've heard me say, I go to Health Masters before I go to my doctor. And you should, too. And there's why so many of us in the alternative media know all about Dr. Ted Brewer and what he's done for me, what he's done for Doug Hagman. And you don't have to be in crisis like I was three times and avoided three surgeries because of Ted. But this is great for health maintenance, too. Check it out. Go to healthmasters.com. Take 5% off with the coupon code, code 5, at healthmasters.com. Well, Paul and I talked earlier, and... I was in transit, returning from a short trip, and I said, hey, Paul, we need to get this out here, and he said, yes, so uh, we're in the midst of, and and I actually made an announcement that we were going to put this out as well, so here we are, Dave Hodges with Paul Martin, Paul, welcome, and this is a shocking, shocking story. Uh, You know, it shocked me, one of my uh, Black Ops guys, uh, he's kind of a ghost, he just pops up when he wants and uh, he stopped by, and he's got some compatriots. Paul, I need you to reorient here because uh, we're breaking up on your end. Hello, Paul. Hello. Yeah, Paul. Okay, let's let's try that again because I totally lost that part of the transmission. Oh, I'm shocked. Um, anyway, a, a friend of mine, he's. Black Ops, former GFDEC, and uh, he's got some compatriots down on the border in Texas with Mexico. They have been gathering up some very ill people. Uh, They interrogated three of these people uh, in different places, and they were told that they were given these diseases, whatever they are, we don't know yet, and to take them into the United States. Hmm. And they actually told them they were doing this to them? Doesn't that seem kind of odd? Well, they probably threatened some family members or, I mean, it had to be, the the, the threat on these people had to be pretty um, severe to get them to do that. Or they just could have lied to them, so this disease will, you know, it'll go away in a week or so, you'll be fine. Whatever it was, but they're coming in. And uh, my good friend in uh, San Diego, Kevin, sent me uh, just right before we went on the air, air here a, uh, a, a global outbreak incident map it's pretty interesting but it's got a it's, it's got a scrolling deal at the bottom of the of the website telling you about all these diseases around the world and stuff but on the map the uh, central 
Central America and Southern Mexico are lit up with dengue. What do you know about dengue fever? I know it's deadly, but do you know anything specific about it? No, I, I was going to look it up, but I, like I said, I just saw the map right before we went on air, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to after the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know much about it either, except I had a doctor once tell me, oh, about three weeks ago, he said, dengue fever is not as bad as Ebola, but you might wish you had Ebola when you got dengue fever. That's how he described it to me. So you're saying this is appearing all over Mexico and Central America. Do they know how it's showing up in these locations? Is it being implanted? Is it a natural byproduct of being in that region? I mean, do you know the story behind this? Well, I don't. Uh, I just, uh, there's these yellow dots um, with a, kind of a little warning guy in the middle of it uh, on the map. Uh, but, uh, I mean, given the health conditions down there, the water conditions, and I mean, it wouldn't take much. Uh, you know, you got 15, 20 people living in a room and, and stuff like that. It wouldn't, it, it wouldn't take much to get a, a, a disease like dengue going. Do you know where they were sending these people when they crossed the border? Did they have a destination? Uh, the, the, the gentleman didn't say. He just said after they gently <laughs> interrogated them that they told them you know they were given this and told across to the border and I don't know I talked to Quail yesterday I tried calling you but you were busy and uh, was telling Quail about it and and he said well funny you should call he said one of my best guys just told me today they're not shipping them on buses anymore they're taking them to the airport and they're putting them on jets and flying them around the country who's responsible for these planes I have no idea. I'll tell you who I, Well, I'll tell you who I've been told. I've been told it's DHS. Or should I say the deep state part of DHS? Paul, did I lose you? Hello, Paul? Paul, I'm not getting anything on your end at all. Uh, we're going to reconnect here, folks, so stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back. This is not uncommon. Hi, darling. I'm back. Yeah, okay. Well, it's happened to us again, and whenever we hit a really sensitive topic, as I was saying, and uh, I'll repeat this for your benefit because I know the audience heard me say this, I am sure that these planes are being operated by DHS, and I should say the deep state wing of DHS. There's good DHS, really good guys in DHS, and there are really bad holdovers from DHS that go back uh, to the early days of the Obama administration, and they're about as evil and unpatriotic as he was. So, Paul, what I've got, too, is that also dispersion of uh, population throughout the country. And let me ask you this. In fact, I should probably give this as background because not maybe everybody has read my two-part story. But uh, Paul Martin, uh, with the help of... uh, John Moore forwarded me a leaked document and it talked about Chinese war plans for America and I'll simplify it and get to the bottom line without going through the progression and by the way this was leaked out the speaker was the defense minister of China Wee Feng and he didn't pull any punches he said that 
their goal, their number one enemy is America. They have to expand and send Chinese out of the country. They consider themselves to be the master race. And they realize that they would have a hard time invading the United States. So they have been working with the Israelis on, according to Weifang, on genetic weapons, bioengineered weapons that will kill certain races and not others. And folks, this has been around for a while. This is something that's been fairly widely reported on. But the Chinese were concerned because there's 12 to 14 million Chinese in America. And they said, if we're going to let loose bio agents, which we need to do, we need to kill as many Americans as possible because we want to colonize the country. And we just don't want to come in and live alongside Americans. We want Americans gone. And they talked about bioweapons, the genetic engineered weapons as the weapons of choice. And he said they would use Taiwan as a distraction to get things going, and then boom, here it goes. Now, Paul, I think you know where I'm going with this. Could this be part of the early vanguard of the uh, Chinese plan uh, to unleash bioweapons in this country? Uh, did you get any indication on that at all? No, I did, but I was, you know, while the guy was telling me this, I was already, I was already thinking about that. Yeah. Because I'd already read your, I'd already read your article. And... Uh, Wow, this, I, I don't know how this is going to end, but given the fact that the the Democratic Party is somewhere below the whale poop in the Marianas Trench right now, they're done, they're fit. They could, uh, and, and. Paul, can you reorient again? Because we're still, we're being interfered with one more time. Okay, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Uh given the fact that Pelosi's personal driver was Chinese for, what, 20 years? And coupled up with the Chinese are basically running Mexico with the cartels. Uh, I mean, these people could go to scorched earth policy easy with this stuff. Oh, there's no question. Um, We Fang actually talked about the fact that if this plan fails, they fully expect to be nuked. And he talked about Chinese casualties, and he said 50 million, possibly. And he said, but it's worth it. He said, our nation will die if we don't expand and we can no longer stay confined to the mainland. We don't have enough resources. We can't feed our people. We have to import nearly everything. Trump is killing us with trade. On and on and on it goes. And he laid it out very, very clearly. And let's jump down into Mexico for a second. I'm going to connect another dot. Paul, I know you're familiar with the work that Alexander Daly uh, and Marilyn Rupar and I've done, and we I've worked with both ladies independently of each other. And in both instances, we have found strong links between the Chinese and the drug cartels of Mexico. And if this is drug cartel initiated, it's Chinese initiated, which is why I asked the question, is it possible that these infected people crossing the border are Chinese plants, and this is how they're going to get the party started. Very well could be, Dave. But, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to try to find out if they know in particular what strain of whatever they've got. But uh, And there is one case on that incident map that I was mentioning. There is an anthrax case in Texas. Now, the holy grail for the audience, the holy grail of bioweapons is a airborne anthrax you know you cough you sneeze and you know people grab doorknobs whatever but that is the holy grail and, and when I saw that anthrax 
uh, deal in Texas, and it was in South Texas, by the way. Uh, it, my ears pricked up real quick. That is very telling. Very telling. Uh, wow. These are the times that we've been talking about. You and I and others in the independent media have talked about these possibilities. We thought that would have a bioterror attack. And, Paul, you know my hypothesis, the Red Dawn hypothesis. America has to be weakened within, and then the Red Dawn invasion comes. Uh, Red Dawn invasion would be crushed if America was at full strength. But if America is severely weakened by a bioattack, a genetic weapons attack, then we're looking at a situation where a Red Dawn attack may succeed. And this is what really has my attention. I'm just, wow. What did your source, the black ops source, where did he feel this was headed? Um, he, He didn't say in in specifics, but uh, he said, given the, po- the political situation in this country, uh, it would make perfect. It made perfect sense to him. Pretty amazing. Uh, I've got breaking news here, and I find this really interesting too. And this speaks to the revolution that's going on inside the Democratic Party. Uh, I've got word here that Joe Biden is dropping out of the race. Have you heard that? Yeah, yeah, about. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, and uh, basically the release that I'm seeing here says for slurred speech and memory loss. No, 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 no. He's too conservative for these wild-eyed radicals that are trying to run roughshod over the old-time leadership of the Democratic Party. And that's Pelosi being called a racist. I thought it was humorous that Trump came out and actually defended her, saying, oh, I don't agree with her in a lot, but she's certainly not a racist. And I haven't ever heard her be a racist in any form. And Ocasio-Cortez is out to lunch. If anyone's a racist, I'd say, look in the mirror, Alexandra. And then you've got uh, the other old-time, uh, like Biden, and you've got Feinstein and Schumer, and they're being run over by these Democrats and uh, this this is amazing what's happening inside this party. It really is. And these are the radical elements. I mean, Paul, Kamala Harris said three days ago, and I heard her on TV say it. She was on C-SPAN, and she said that if she's elected, there'll be $100 billion go towards black homes. Well, what about Latinos? What about Asians and whites and and Native Americans and they don't they don't matter I mean is this is kind of disguised slavery reparation is kind of how I'm seeing this and 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 right now this country is so unstable and and Biden before he dropped out I don't know if you heard his last quote I did a podcast on it he said I don't believe in any borders yeah I posted that yes oh boy oh boy I, I just I'm beside myself on this party. I mean, Biden is a lunatic. Pelosi is a criminal. Feinstein is a criminal. And they're the more normal members of the party. I'm shocked. Just shocked. You know, I know we interfered with one more time. But but anyway, we digress from the main topic here. But uh, this is breaking, breaking news. But Paul, I'll put a, a, a cherry on top of this. 
I've already done a podcast, and some people didn't like the posting very much. They thought I was advocating for Hillary, and that just goes to show you that's part of the 50% of the country that's dumber than a box of rocks. What I said in there is Hillary is going to come in and restore order to the Democratic Party because they're so filled with lunacy right now that most Americans are just going to turn their back on them. Even hardcore Democrats are turning their back on them. I have a lot of black people say this is not the party I can support any longer. I hear this every day from people of color. And I think that Hillary is going to have to swoop in and restore order. I look for her to be the candidate in 2020. What do you think? Who do you think is going to be the candidate? Well, I just hope we make it to the election. (laughs) That's, well, you have to wonder. If the globalists in the deep state do not think the Democrats can pull it off, I think you have an excellent point. I think as long as they think they have a chance to win, the election goes forward. But I do agree with you. That possibility does exist. I mean, people, you say, oh, there's two conspiracy theorists talking. Really? What do you call it when the Democrats put Antifa in the streets, George Soros organization, and they're beating up innocent journalists? They're beating up anybody that moves. They don't know the people they're beating up are liberal, conservative, support Hillary, support Trump. They don't know. They're just going crazy, and it's George Soros' organization. So, well, they had they had an incident this evening up in uh, Portland. A guy was throwing Molotov cocktails at the uh, uh, ICE building there in Portland, and of course, the cops mm. shot him. Well, I mean, Stuart Rhodes. It was about a week ago. He's doing an interview. And he said, you know, for the last 30 years, we've been in a cold civil war. He said, it is now gone hot. Yeah, I agree with that. We're seeing the first shots right now. These are the Bolsheviks rioting at Red Square in the year 1917. I totally agree with what Stewart just said. And uh, it's only going to get worse if the Democrats lose control. If they keep going this radicalized, you can't own a car. Kamala Harris Uh, Who else said that? Biden said that. Elizabeth Warren said, uh, we're going to redistribute the wealth, and if we have to do it at gunpoint, we will. Okay, who in the hell is going to vote for that except for extremely poor people, and those people don't vote? So, (laughs) I mean, if the Democratic Party doesn't stop going off the cliff of liberalism, uh, and Hillary doesn't come in to restore some order, and no, I'm not supporting her, she belongs in prison. But if that doesn't happen, Paul... I think they're going to pull out all the stops. I think what we're talking about here tonight, the the uh, the diseases that are coming into the country from Central America, the violent protests that are going to go widespread. I have a feeling, Paul, that things are going to go hot very quickly if the Democrats continue to lose the grip. And by the way, did you see how Trump is faring in the polls? His numbers are exploding. Yep. He went from uh, CNN poll was 34% approval. Even they're showing him now at 46% approval. And you know he's more than that of CNN saying that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, 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 the bottom line is I don't, think, I don't think that anything can recover the Democratic Party between now and the election. I don't, I, 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 the, 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 there are just too many holes in the ship. Well, then you know what I have to say to that, Paul? Food, water, guns, ammo, gold, medicine, form of natural health care, because you can't stockpile prescriptions and tools and allies and the Bible. You people better listen to what we're saying here. You better listen and stock up 
and train up. You need to start getting in shape. If you don't know how to fire a firearm, you better get to your local gun range and have a professional teach you. Because if you have food and your neighbor doesn't, you might have to defend your family. And, Paul, this is my big, big concern for America right now, is so many of us are going to get caught with our pants down. FEMA said when they issued that you need six months of storable food and water, they also said the average American has three days of food and water. You know, Paul, we can only warn, you know, we're taking the horse to water but we can't make them drink and i will tell you another thing paul that that i've been really pushing hard and this was actually at the suggestion of my wife and she said you know i think a lot of people that listen to you already agree with you your views and she says that's why your likes on facebook and i'm not on facebook anymore but your likes on um, youtube are up and she said but you got to get the other side and expose what's going on she said they're blindly following the Democratic flag and don't know what they're getting into. I agree with her assessment. And she said, you need to start and adopt a liberal program. Maybe I should be saying this. We're freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Help us by adopting a liberal. Good, good luck. <laughs> I know. I know. I've tried, I had a discussion with a family member, not immediate family, and someone who I really, really like and respect. I love them. They're family. And they're they're a good person. But they were talking about climate change. And I said, really, I said, what do you think climate change is really true? Oh, yeah. If we don't straighten things up, we're going to drive off the cliff and become extinct. And I said, have you been reading Ocasio-Cortez? Who? Never mind. I said, what do you think about the carbon credits? What's that? And I said, well, that's where you can buy your way out of the energy you've been allotted to save the planet. So if you're given three units and you got enough money, you can buy a fourth and a fifth unit. And he says, oh, he said, like a carbon credit exchange. I said, yes. So this person had a little knowledge. And I went on to say, I said, if it's really a crisis, why would anybody let someone, because they had money, buy their way out and continue to wreck the planet does that make any sense to you he didn't have an answer he didn't have an answer and in that moment i was trying to adopt a liberal yeah well good job <laughs> well one of the things i'm going to tell people here too is uh my me myself and i we're avoiding large crowds paul i think that's oh i too omnipresent uh reasons why we're advising for this given what's crossing the border and here's my dissatisfaction with trump oh yes i'm voting for him in 2020 i am he's better than anybody out there by far that doesn't mean he's perfect and i did a podcast the other day because i've been criticized for being critical of trump and i said it's our duty it's the american way we're supposed to be critical of our leaders even when we love them and support them like i do trump so therefore my frustration with Trump it comes along a lot of areas, but one is the border. He has the ability right now to declare a national emergency and put troops on the border every three feet. Why isn't he doing it? I, I, I've been looking for that answer myself, Dave. Yeah, I mean, 
Mr. Trump, why why are you holding meaningless social media conferences? I mean, he invites all these people. Some are okay. A diamond and silk, love them. They're great. They're terrific. They're funny. And I went to their movie on election eve, and they were great. But but when you leave out the two biggest people of the social media conference, then you don't have much of a conference. That'd be like having an NBA All-Star game and not inviting LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. You wouldn't really have much of an All-Star game. Well, that's what's happening with that social media conference when they left out Steve Quayle and Alex Jones. Why wouldn't Trump invite these guys? They're one and two. Well, I think somebody's got a bit in his mouth and some spurs. Yeah, I listened to about 25 minutes of his preliminary speech at the social media conference this morning. And all I heard was mainstream media sucks. And he introduced Diamond and Silks as I love them. But he didn't say why he loved them. He didn't talk about the job that the independent media is doing. He didn't talk about the fact that we take the real facts and report them truthfully where the independent media propagandizes everything to trick us into a new world order. He didn't say any of that. He just talked about CBS sucks, NBC sucks. Okay, great. Donald, we get that. Why are you having the conference? Why are those people there? And where are the really big players? I don't know. Am I out on a limb here, Paul? Or do you think I'm? there's a chance I'm making a little bit of sense? No, you made, you made perfect sense. I mean, it... it like I said, they they got a bit in his mouth. They they tug them reins whenever they need to. Yeah, well, I'll put this out here publicly too. He's lost the border. He's lost social media, which he needs to be reelected if it's an honest election. And he's distancing himself from the Epstein case. I pray to God he's not guilty. If he's guilty, he needs to go to prison. But I pray to God he's not. But I wrote about this a year ago, and I don't know if you remember the article. But I wrote about how the judge that gave Epstein a country club existence in a jail with a light sentence for heinous crimes against young girls. And how Trump took that judge, Alex Acosta, and without any link to labor, uh, economy, appoints him to be the secretary of labor. Now that the Epstein thing breaks, he fires him. He fires him. Why? Is it too close to home? I hope it's not true. I hope it's a bad coincidence. Me too. But pretty, I pretty, think we got to pre- prepare for anything. Pretty disturbing. Well, the one thing I would tell you, I'll just quote my friend Ted Brewer from healthmasters.com. Take lots of supplements. Take your vitamin C. Take your vitamin D. Stay out of public. Don't touch your face. There you go. That's about the best advice I can offer. Any final words, Paul? God help us. Well said, my friend. Uh, we should tell the listening audience about our new show. Wednesdays. We, we should, yeah. I'm, uh, back, I'm back home at my original station, KTNC, 1360 AM out of Johnstown, Colorado. And Dave and I have got a show on Wednesdays, mm-hmm. uh, 11 to 1 Rocky Mountain Time. Yeah, that's 11 to 1 p.m. Someday we'll do the 11 to 1 a.m. and we'll compete with George Norrie and really tell you what's going on, Coast to Coast listeners. They haven't had a scintilla of truth over there since John B. Wells was shown the door. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. But uh, that's another story for another time. But but yes, uh, come and join us. And you can listen live at uh, khnc1360am.com. And after every posting now, I'm putting the link, the listen live link to our show. Come and join us. We have an hour of reviewing the news, and then we usually have a top-flight guest. And our guest coming up this Wednesday is Virginia Farver. And Virginia and I talked on the phone this morning and a couple days ago, and she said, Dave, the 5G stuff that's coming out now is beyond frightening. She goes, a bunch of new stuff. I'm going to enlighten your listeners. And she said, you're all going to throw away your cell phones. Ooh, I hope not. But she said, the 5G is going to be in a word, deadly. So that'll be our guest this Wednesday. Hey, Paul, thanks for joining me, my friend. I will see you on Wednesday morning from 11 to 1 Rocky Mountain Time. That's 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 1360 a.m. Look for the link following my articles on the thecommonsenseshow.com. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thank you, Dave. Welcome back, and thanks again to Paul Martin for that breaking news report, and we're going to have to watch where that goes. Up next, we have a guest who's never been on the Common Sense Show, and we're really glad to have him on. His name is Pastor Sam Honnold, and I was attracted to his work because I got a random email from Sam and had an article uh, that encapsulated the wisdom of Ross Perot and how he and a Central American or Latin American uh, compadre, someone that was a kindred spirit, passed away on the same day. Ross Perot was a prophet. We're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about some of the carryover into the Trump administration. Sam, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being with us. And how did you end up in um, in Mexico? Uh, Dave, the fact is I'm a lifelong Latin American missionary. I'm really a field missionary. Tano Pirano called me Pastor Sam on the air, and the name kind of stuck. It's funny because I'm anti-Nicolaitan, and I don't really believe in a clergy class, but a lot of people call me that and know me as that, and I've traveled and preached throughout uh, Mexico, some in Central America and in South America, and I, I read the Spanish language news, and I pray for these presidents, and so I just kind of wind up being in interesting places, and observing events as they happen sometimes that aren't really out in the public knowledge in the U.S. of A. Yeah, absolutely. I I fully understand where you're coming from on that. Uh, Are you affiliated with any church? Uh, No, I'm actually outside of all that. I did go to Oral Roberts University and kind of came up in the charismatic movement. And then when... There are areas of the modern church world where I'd like to see people come back to the Bible and come back to home fellowship and come back to helping and loving their neighbor. But uh, the answer is no. I'm just kind of out here on my own, sleeping in hammocks, eating beans, sometimes just starving to death. and That's the life. Well, as long as they're Mexican beans, that's not too bad. That's one of my favorites. That and a chili riato, and you got me happy for a few hours. Um, Sam, when you uh, reached out to me with your email and you talked about the wisdom of Ross Perot, it's so coincidental because on the same day I had produced a podcast where I said many of the same things about him. What was it about Ross Perot that you thought was so prophetic in what he told the American people? Well, let's just talk about the great sucking sound. He talked about how our industry would move south of the border. 
you know, I had an old, old steel man before he died. He was in his 90s, and I used to stay up late at night with him, and I'd play hands gin rummy. I had to shuffle for him and shuffle for me because his hands were so old and arthritic, he couldn't shuffle. But that man managed over 600 steel foundries, 600 employees in a steel foundry, and then worked with many other foundries. And he said, Sam, there's no way we could fight a war today. The reason that we won World War II is we outproduced our enemies, and our industry cannot do that. I've seen hundreds of foundries close in my career, and he said, and we cannot meet the level of production necessary to fight a global conflict today. Now, Ross Perot said that this would happen. He prophesied it. He told how it would destroy America and how it would destroy Mexico if NAFTA went through. And I'd love to get into some of those details with you. Just one, one of our towns in my home state of Iowa is the town of Maytag. This is where the Maytag repairman takes his naps because the Maytag washing machines never need repaired. Everybody remembers those commercials in the 80s and in the 90s. Well, guess what? There's no Maytags made in Iowa now. The headquarters is still there, but Maytag is in Mexico. And so the industry is there. It's in Mexico. It's not in the USA. And when World War II rolled around, Maytag was one of the companies that went into military production making guns. And now the factory's not there. So in the event of a global conflict, Mexico has that production capability, and Iowa and the United States of America does not. So that's one of the things that Ross Perot told about. Our factories are going to move south. I used to say the same thing thing with the free trade agreements, and I said exactly the same thing. We saw peacetime conversion to wartime (gasps) industries in World War II. GM and Ford and all the the car companies, uh, you had the Boeing. They were making tanks. And and they were making bombers out of the airplane manufacturers, and you're so on the money with this. And Ross Perot did warn us. And you know, you never hear people talking about this. Even Rock Ola Jukebox quit making jukeboxes and they were making guns in World War II. It's amazing and it's, it's frightening. So what, what was the second point you were going to bring up about Ross Perot? Well, another thing that happened in, in Mexico is NAFTA began the immigrant surge in the 1990s. And here's why. I've been to places in Mexico on mountainsides and things where the people plant corn with a stick. And there's a system in Mexico called the Aldea system. It's the village system. And it was instituted by Benito Juarez when he nationalized the lands owned by the Catholic Church and the viceroys who would run the haciendas. So what he did was he gave the land to the village and the people would produce it. And, you know, they'd put the land into cultivation and then they'd split the profit between the families that worked the land. Now, this led to freedom and stability in Mexico for many decades, probably 130 years. 
until NAFTA started. And what that did was it caused the bottom to drop out of the Mexican corn prices, which put all these poor farmers who had subsisted for decades, generations really, completely out of work and with no way to subsist. And that's when they started to make the trek across the Rio Grande and to come work in the, in the USA for $100 a day, which is just an unimaginable amount of money for a poor person in a village in Mexico. And then, of course, all the, all the families broke, all the marriages broke. It, the, the stability that had stayed in Mexico for 13 decades was broken partly by that economic aspect of NAFTA, and no American knows that. But this is how the Clintons began to cascade the third world into our borders. So, and I agree with you. I've been told this by many economists that this NAFTA situation that created this poverty among the Mexican farmers immediately put three million people crossing our border. That's right. That's right. That's how it started. And so Ross Perot talked about some of this, how it was going to just destabilize so many things. The jobs were going to go south. He said, the workers are working there for a dollar an hour, a dollar an hour, he said. And it's still a dollar an hour, Dave, after 25 years. I have a lot of friends that are poor villagers. And when they all got contracts to go work in the factory for a dollar an hour, that was enough of an increase that it changed their life for the better. But at the same time, the noose is getting tighter around their societies, their villages, and their families. And they're starting to feel the pinch. And how is it that immigration is so bad today? It's not. Is it still due to the imbalance of uh, farming and the production and what they can do south of the border versus north? Or what do you think has caused this? Oh, that was the first domino, but now it's much bigger. The criminal cartels are so strong. Uh, there have been events within the within the the Christian life of Mexico, for example, that have caused it to become a failed state. Of course, that also means that it's now ripe for revival and it's ripe for a turning, something that I'm excited about. I'd like to see a real broad revival in Latin America, but right now that revival is in a political state as the people rediscover the ideals, the Western ideals of freedom and of self-government. Now we were talking also about Argentina and the president, Fernando de la Rua, who uh, was president from 1991 to 2001 and passed away on the same day as Ross Perot, uh, he was actually driven out of the presidential palace by socialist rioters. And so we're seeing things like uh, protesters attack our United States immigration facilities within the United States and flying foreign flags, flying the Mexican flag, these same types of events, Dave, have happened for decades in Latin America and have, have caused conservative and God-fearing uh, political leaders to have to flee their nations, or many of them have even been killed. We also touched on Admiral Craig Fowler, the leader of Southcom. Just in June, on the 25th, a couple weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, he was in Argentina and he was discussing our bilateral security cooperation, which they're a very, very key geopolitical ally. And they're in danger of 
their presidency being taken over by a, a socialist known criminal who's really doing well in the polls and the, the elections are coming up very shortly. So I, I'd really like to give some details on that as we go on, Dave, and yeah, some please. suggestions. I have some suggestions on how the United States authorities can really be used to shake things up. So I was a, a little bit uh, critical of Admiral Fowler's uh, answers before the Senate Armed Service Subcommittee on Emerging Threats. Uh, those speeches are available on Joni Ernst's YouTube channel. Just look up Joni Ernst on Senator Joni Ernst from Iowa on YouTube, and you'll see her opening of the meeting, her questioning of Admiral Fowler, and an abbreviated series of remarks. I did get it on C-SPAN and watch all of the Admiral's remarks, and he addressed some of the points that I was concerned about, but there are other points that I'm concerned about that he did not address. and. I have pushed and pushed and pushed for more military ready, readiness and more military action as different Latin American countries are falling one after another into a communist presidency. Just in the last two months, we've had two communist presidents take office, one in Panama. And let's talk about him first. This is Nito Cortizo. Two years ago, us under the last president. Now, we still had agreements for the U.S. use of airfields and bases in Panama and uh, use of the Panama Canal. But in 2017, the former president sold out Taiwan and switched to diplomatic relations with China, at which point huge numbers of Chinese, more than before, began to move into Panama and bring in investment and build embassies and then affect tremendously the politics of Panama. Now there's been elected, which by the way, with only 33% of the vote, how legitimate could that possibly be? A communist president in Nito Cortizo. So we're in danger of losing land access to South America, losing access to bases, and the Chinese moving in and digging in like ticks even more than they already are in Panama. Now I've reported on it, there's been other excellent journalists that have reported on it, but there are a lot of migrants coming into Panama by sea from South America and other points, and there are a number of migrants crossing the Darien Gap, the area of southern Panama leading into Colombia where there are, there are no real civilized roads. So even though we have that land bridge, it has to be crossed on foot or in a four-wheel drive vehicle. And a number of migrants from Africa and from other points in South America, including Venezuela, are coming across there. It's been reported by numerous outlets. But now we have a communist president who's going to resist U.S. policy. Just on the uh, website of the United States Embassy in Panama, in the recent months, they have talked about sex trafficking on the rise. They have talked about uh, migrants coming through Panama and how that's on the rise and how Chinese involvement is on the rise. And all that was on the U.S. Embassy's website. By the way, there was a report, I believe it was on Hal Turner's show, HalTurnerRadioShow.com, 
that the U.S. Embassy in Panama was evacuated. And this was the weekend before the Monday that Nito Cortizo was to take office, what we call the investidura. He was going to take the presidency. And so the Chinese are really coming in to Panama. The other nation that's had a communist president take over is El Salvador. El Salvador is the poorest, the most gang-riddled, without using derogatory terms, Dave, it is, it is the uh, darkest part of Central America. It's the most dense as far as population. They've only got six million people, and they just uh, had on their own website, their own communist president said, we have 2.8 million in the United States. So I don't know if there's still six million, but however you slice that pie, Dave, a third or a half of the population of that entire country has come to the United States. And now they have moved from a communist president to a an ethnic Palestinian ultra-communist yes. president with really, really I believe that he doesn't even have uh, the national identity of El Salvador in, in mind. At least the last communist president was a partisan and fought with some idea of patria or the nation or the fatherland. And now we have one that's a son of immigrants from a communist movement that's a thorn in the side of the whole rest of the world. And he's the one in charge. And you know, that's the first nation, El Salvador, it's the first nation that Admiral Craig Fowler brought up. And he said, hey, their new chief of defense went to the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island. I think we can get along with this guy. That is a I was thing. shocked. He, um, let me tell you what I know about El Salvador. This comes from the DEA. They've got terrorist-based training camps there. I've talked to Kathy Rubio, who's an eyewitness to this. She has family members that have worked there under different names. And it's a combination of cartels and terrorists from the Middle East blended together in universal training. And my confidence call on this is 100%. I don't know if that's across your desk or not, but El Salvador, very dangerous. The people that put this together, and I don't know if you're familiar, I assume you are, with the Shining Light, a.k.a. the Sanchez Paredes Drug Cartel out of Peru. Yes, uh, Shining Path. Shining, Shining Path. Path, yeah, excuse me, Shining Path. And um, uh, to me, El Salvador is an existential threat to the United States simply because I think they're training future soldiers for a Red Dawn invasion. Let me just throw some facts out on the table, and there's a lot more on my website on subscribestar.com, Gospel Gunslingers, and there's a lot on my YouTube. You can search what's not in the news. It's hard to find it. You have to be able to spell my name, or you can put in Pastor Sam hyphen Inhofe, which starts with my interview of Senator Jim Inhofe, a native Iowan senator from Oklahoma, Republican, who was working very hard with the president on getting the border wall funded. And he and I had a real meeting of the minds in Oklahoma a year ago about how serious this threat was, how understated it is in the news, and how we need to be on it immediately, immediately. So on those older articles uh, about what's not in the news, I talk about Peru, I talk about Shining Path, I talk about the conservative presidents like uh, Alberto Fujimori, who sent the military in after 200 judges were murdered in his nation. Now this happened in the 90s. He had to flee the country. He was arrested on war crimes. He did a long, long time in prison and 
we need to pray for these leaders because by the hand of God, he got released. So there, there's some complexity to that, but this is where Shining Path is from. This was always a Chinese-backed communist narco army. Also on uh, Gospel Gunslinger Subscribe Star is an article in my Latin American War Report called Putting the, Nar- the Narco in Narco-Terrorism, something like that. So it, I start to close some of these uh, switches and link narco-terrorism with Chinese-backed communism and Russian-backed communism and Iranian and Hezbollah-backed uh, jihadist communism. And in El Salvador, all of those are happening. A lot of people don't know that there's 100,000 Palestinian immigrants in El Salvador registered. Now, it's an official number, so God only knows how many there really are, how many hundreds of thousands, but the official number is that there's 100,000 in El Salvador and 100,000 more in Honduras, and one of them is now the president. This is Nayib Bukele, B-U-K-E-L-E. He's the new president of El Salvador, So there's a whole crop, Dave, there's a whole crop of native Spanish-speaking Arab descent people that look like Central Americans ethnically because they're very closely linked ethnically, Palestinians and Arabs and uh, Central Americans. And so there's people that look like Central Americans speak native Spanish because they grew up in Central America, but they are hardened communist Palestinian jihadis that want to do nothing else that come in, than come into the United States and destroy it with terror cells. So you're 100% correct. And it's only getting worse. It's getting worse so fast that I don't think that we, and I don't think that Admiral Craig Fowler can react quickly enough, even if they throw their ships in gear. I'm concerned, Dave. I'm concerned. I know about the Chinese influence, too. I'm getting uh, a bigger bang for the buck on this interview than I was counting on. I didn't know we were going to go into the depth we are. We're going to need to do a full segment and do a part two on this because I want to talk about Chinese influence. But just in about 30 seconds that we got left, how strongly is mainland China involved in Central America? Very briefly, they are fishing illegally in all the waters of Central America and South America. The Argentinians shot one of their boats out of the water and sent it to the bottom. And then an Argentine submarine disappeared 18 months ago. And I believe the Chinese are to blame that they did that as retaliation. They're not playing nice. They're muscling their way in. And Uncle Sam needs to help to drive them out. In a a short answer, kind of a yes or no, are the Chinese uh, involved with the cartels and are they their superiors? Yes, absolutely. 100%. Okay. 
That's the information. That's the intel we're getting in our country from researchers I've been talking to. Sam, we're going to need to set up. I'll be in contact with you. We're going to need to set up another time to do a longer interview just on this topic alone because you are hitting areas here that the average American is ignorant and they raise their eyebrows at me like I'm nuts when I talk about this stuff. So I want to thank you so much for coming on. We are flat out of time, but I'll be in touch with you the next day or two and we'll set up a follow-up. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Dave. Everybody else, stay tuned. We'll be back after a word from these sponsors.